Happy Wednesday and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Red Sox podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I am your host, Nessence Lauren Campbell, joined as always by Massachusetts Pirate Team reporter Jake Iggy. We have a lot to get to today. We have some poll results, some fan questions, and some just normal Red Sox baseball talk. So let's get right into it. Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I hope everybody is enjoying the MLB lockout thus far, even though, you know, not too much stuff has been really going on. It's been kind of interesting to, you know, keep up with the updates of the CBA negotiations between the MLBPA and Major League Baseball. But just know that throughout this lockout, Lauren and I will find things to talk about. We'll find different stories to, you know, debate about and make sure to always check in on Locked On Red Sox Monday through Friday. So I want to sort of start off talking about John Heyman's report yesterday on the Red Sox being one of four teams that checked in on shortstop Trevor Story. And I put out on Twitter a little bit of a poll this morning. Should the Red Sox sign Trevor Story? And interestingly enough, 69% of you said yes. 31% of you said no over the 83 votes. And so, Lauren, what would you think about a uh, signing of Trevor Story for the Red Sox? So I'm on the fence here about it because I, I do like the idea. I like the idea of moving Xander Bogarts potentially over to second base. I've always kind of been on that train, especially if you can get you know somebody maybe like like a Trevor Story, like a Carlos Correa. Um, you know, Trevor Story, he's he's an interesting case here. I'm surprised that the poll was as lopsided as it was. I thought it would be a bit closer, but I think at the end of the day, if the Red Sox were to have a legitimate shot at signing Trevor Story, I feel like you kind of have to do it if Carlos Correa is not there. I would love for the Red Sox to have Carlos Correa, obviously, but playing the uh, the Trevor Story game, yeah, I think that, I mean, I think he'd be a good fit, and I'd like to know, you know, just if, Xander Bogarts is open to playing second, we know that, but would it be... Would he be open to moving it for Trevor Story? Would that kind of mess up anything that like the chemistry the Red Sox have going now? I don't know. But I do, I think, even though I'm on the fence, I think I'm leaning more toward, like, yes, I would be happy with the Red Sox signing Trevor Story more than, no, maybe they should stay away. But um, I think the biggest thing with, with him is his strikeouts. And when you bring back somebody like Jackie Bradley Jr., who's not going to be a full-time player, but he has struggled with offense and everything. Do you want to bring somebody in who's, who struggled with strikeouts throughout the last few seasons of his career? I don't know. Exactly. And, you know, that was one of the biggest issues for the Red Sox, especially before Kyle Schwarber came over to the team from the trade deadline. They they always found a way to, you know, either ruin opportunities uh, or not, not be as patient uh, at the plate. At, but as you saw when Schwarber did come over, they were a little bit more patient at the plate. The strikeouts sort of weren't as um, 
uh, weren't as high. And, you know, like you brought up with the story, you know, in 2021, he had uh, 132 hits, 139 strikeouts back in 2019, 173 hits and 174 strikeouts. Obviously, when you look at those numbers, especially back in 2019, having close to 200 hits is usually pretty good. But when you're almost striking out 200 times, it's never something that you are get excited about. No, I mean, people want to see hits. They want to see contact. And especially Red Sox fans, they get, I don't, I don't want to call them impatient, but they are quick to make up their mind on a player. If they're going to go in some some 10-game slump where he, Trevor Story has, I don't know, 15, 16 strikeouts in his last 10 games, there's going to be a lot of angry fans, and rightfully so. I mean, that's just an atrocious number. I pulled out of the air, but, you know, it's – it's a lot. It's a lot of strikeouts, and it's almost not worth getting all those hits because when you're striking out more than you're hitting, you become a liability at the plate. I completely agree, and it was interesting to hear what uh, Mass Live Red Sox beat writer Chris Cretillo tweeted right after John Heyman reported. He said, "I obviously trust John. I'm sure that he checked in, but I have never really seen any of the top shortstop free agents as priorities for Bloom. If he's going to splurge." I bet it's on natural fit, just my feeling. And I did do a little bit of research, as you were talking about, uh, with Bogarts potentially either moving over to second base. I think Tro Story could also move over to second base as well. I, I did some research when he was coming up through the minor leagues. Interestingly enough, Troy Tulowitzki was blocking him at shortstop. That, that's a major throwback. But he did play second base and third base during his time in the minor leagues. He has never played second base during uh, his major league career. But... We've seen Christian Arroyo learn second base. We've seen uh, Michael Chavis learn second base, even though it wasn't pretty to look at. But that's definitely an option. I feel like with Story compared to Correa, Correa is mostly looking for $30 million a year, $35 million a year probably. And I think you can get Story around $20 million a year. Yeah, I it, 100%. I think that when it comes to Correa, he's going to rightfully command a lot of money and he absolutely has earned every single dollar he's going to make whenever this lockout ends. I like what Chris Catello said about uh, that. He thinks the splurge will be on a natural fit. And I like, I like that term because it's not going to be, if they sign Trevor story, it's going to be for shortstop. It's not going to be to come over, try to learn second base. Uh, there's, if they do, it'd be a little bit of a log jam there with Kike, Christian Arroyo. Right. Um, and then maybe if they go and sign somebody else in the offseason as like a depth move. We saw this kind of happen with the Red Sox in first base where they were, I mean, they traded for Schwarber. And they're like, mm -hmm. yeah, he's going to play first base. Not exactly a natural fit. Wasn't the worst thing we've seen. Wasn't the best. Christian Arroyo also tried to play first base. We all know what happened there. But when you sign somebody like Trevor Story, I think you would sign him strictly to be the shortstop. I don't think there would be any kind of, oh, let's see if he maybe can play second. And then, because then you're just messing around with Xander Bogarts going back and forth. And listen, Xander Bogarts is a hell of an athlete. And I think he belongs at second base in the future, but you don't want to be bouncing him back and forth like they do with some of their pitchers from starter to bullpen all the time because it just creates a mess. You don't want to mess with anyone's confidence. You don't want to mess with the flow of the team. Right. So I definitely think that if they are going to sign a shortstop or a second baseman, it's going to be strictly for those positions. It's not going to be a like a platoon or a, a versatile utility. That's the word I'm looking for. A utility guy. 
I completely agree. And I, when you when you bring up the Schwarber situation, all I can remember back is this past season when he made a routine ground ball play at first base and he, you know, waved to the crowd and everybody's thinking in their mind, Schwarber, that's a routine ground ball play. What are you <laughs> talking about? But we're hoping that, uh, you know, Story, if he does come over to the Red Sox, is able to get back to his 2017, 2018 form when he hit 35 home runs and 37 home runs back in 2018, because this past season, he struggled a lot, especially in the first half. I can say that in confidence since I was his, uh, I was an owner of his on my fantasy team and it, it did not work out too great for me. And um, he ultimately ended the season with an average of 251, 24 home runs, 75 RBIs. And, you know, that's why you're not seeing as many teams, you know, wanting to take a chance on story and why you're not seeing as much uh, real buzz around him, especially his name, as you really expected, you know, maybe a year or two ago. Yeah. And I think part of that too is just, the, the market this season, the free agent market is just so robust where mm -hmm. a name like Trevor Story will get buried. And yes, no, he's not Carlos Correa. He's not a Max Scherzer type of name out there, but he's still Trevor Story. He was still, well, I remember him playing for the Rockies and just home run after home run after home right. run. And just, he was so electric and so much fun to watch during that time. He's still going to be fun, but it's just going to be, it's kind of a question of how fun is he going to be at what cost? Does he turn his strikeout numbers around? Does he return to a 2017-2018 Trevor Story? Or are we going to see almost 180 strikeouts from Trevor Story? Exactly. And, you know, it's real tough to sort of know exactly how much interest level Bloom has. As, as you know, Section 10 always says, they're the interest kings. And the wording is very interesting with this report as well, that the Red Sox were one of four teams that checked in. So we, so we don't fully know if they're super interested in him, but with, uh, you know, writers sort of grasping for news uh, during this MLB trade deadline, it's definitely something when it popped up on my notification deck, I, I definitely got a little bit excited because I think with him in the middle of that lineup, I mean, that's going to make the Red Sox, it's already one of two of the best uh, offenses in the entire MLB. And with Story being a right-handed hitter, I, I think that the monster will fit perfectly with his swing as well. And I, I think he would be, like I said, a perfect fit in that lineup. Yeah, he definitely could be. The right-handed bat is a good point, something that didn't really you know, cross my mind, just kind of something I wasn't really thinking about. But yeah, you have the right-handed hitter, you have the monster there. He really could be a good fit. I guess it's just a matter of, like you said, we don't know. The Red Sox easily could have just sent him a text, gave him a call, be like, "Hey, like, what, what, what's your interest in playing here? What can you, what can you do for us? And what are you really looking for?" And that could be that. I mean, that's that's as simple as a check-in could be. Or they could still be talking right now as we're recording this. Who knows? But I think it will be interesting to see ultimately where he lands and how quote-unquote, interested the Red Sox are. We see this, we've seen already seen this in the offseason. We see it every offseason that they were either close to signing somebody, close to acquiring somebody, and they just came up short every single time. Will this be another come-up-short thing, or will they just pass completely? I guess that's a, a question for, for future Locked on Red Sox. I completely agree. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be really interesting to see exactly what happens uh, with this story as it continues to unfold. And, you know, Lauren and I are going to sort of break down what that second base situation looks like in the second segment. But first, Lauren wants to talk to you about Bilt Bar. 
I do. I love Built Bar. You know me by now. I love it. It's my go-to snack. I'm not a breakfast person, so it's a perfect snack to just start my day with. And now because it's the holiday season, you can grab that protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, and it's covered in chocolate. You get the best of both worlds, both delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors, you'll definitely have a hard time choosing because there's raspberry, there's mint brownie, double chocolate, and my personal favorite, cookies and cream. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those small doors this holiday season and battle all of those holiday shoppers. If you're just standing in endless shopping lines, it can give you that little extra something to keep you going because those lines can be more tiring than the actual shopping itself. And because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at a family party because people are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it and things could get out of hand. But then again, family gatherings, little argument, things go hand in hand. And are you friends with Santa? Well, tell him to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings because there's so many flavors, they will make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. And if you like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, they're fluffy, and they're marshmallowy through and through. There's different flavors, they're all covered in chocolate, and they taste so good. You will not believe that they're filled with protein. And we have an offer for you. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So now we want to talk about what will the Red Sox second base situation look like. And it's really been interesting to see how, you know, this position uh, for the Red Sox really hasn't been, you know, a, a quality one or a reliable one ever since Dustin Bedroya, unfortunately, got injured uh, from Manny Machado, leading him, uh, you know, back in 2017. And, you know, we saw Kike Hernandez spend some time over there, Christian Arroyo over there. Uh, but what are your thoughts on, you know, this situation, second base situation, Lauren? I think it's been kind of low key, one of like a revolving door for the Red Sox. Um, it hasn't been too much of a black eye on the team. So they've gotten away with kind of how they've, platooned players. Michael Chavis was there, Christian Arroyo, Kike Hernandez. I feel like that's, they signed Kike Hernandez to play second base, but he was just so good in the outfield. They couldn't really justify putting him back there when your outfield was throwing, constantly throwing runners out at home. Right. Um, you know, it's another, another interesting case here for the Red Sox. And because there's other glaring issues like the bullpen, like the starting rotation, it's kind of gone under the radar. Mm -hmm. um, I like the idea, obviously, of putting Kike back there. But you take him out of center field, do you want to kind of make that trade? I don't know. There are, much like other positions out there in this whole market, there are really good players out there who could fill that second base void. I personally like Jose Iglesias. He'll come cheap. He's a yeah. good platoon guy. He's familiar mm -hmm. with the organization. He's obviously very well loved. He was hanging out with the team throughout the postseason, even though he wasn't eligible to play. But just the energy, the familiarity... The, the contract, like I said, he'll come cheap. And he do the Red Sox get to the postseason without him last season last season? I mean, maybe, but he certainly helped kind of push them over the edge and get them into the postseason. I I liked him. I was really honestly, I thought they were gonna DFA him once the team got healthy after their COVID outbreak, but you couldn't really deny what he was doing. He was such a good, solid pickup so late in the season. 
it's almost worth bringing him back for a che- for cheap money. And maybe just, even if it's just for one more year to kind of figure out, well, Marcelo Meyer's waiting in the farm system. So yeah. maybe put him in short, move Xander to second, and then Jose Iglesias goes on his merry way in 2023. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting sort of what they do, looking at the free agents available, like you said, Jose Iglesias, Brad Miller. Uh, they could also bring back Brock Holt, which I know would make a lot of people, uh, especially in Red Sox Nation, very excited. But I agree. I, I think especially with the platoon that could happen with Iglesias as well as Christian Arroyo would be really interesting. And he was such a spark for that Red Sox team and such a steal, uh, especially during um, such a somber and, and tough time for the Red Sox with all those uh, COVID out during that whole COVID outbreak time when they had tons of AAA players up in their lineup and their starting rotation. But he was also, like you mentioned, a huge guy uh, in the clubhouse. He was um, the home run cart pusher throughout the postseason. And I remember hearing a story when Christian Arroyo, um, I think he missed a bunt or something like that. And Jose Iglesias took him aside and, you know, really sort of figured out how he could improve. And you want those guys on your team. And for people who really are a huge fan of Christian Arroyo, don't think I'm not. I love his energy. I love his passion. I love the type of player he is. But on a team that became that came two wins away from going to the World Series, I don't think Christian Arroyo is a second baseman for a World Series caliber team. Yeah, for me, he's somebody who doesn't exactly make the difference in in a World Series team, like getting to the World Series. Obviously, much like Iglesias, like I said, I love the energy, the passion. It's clear that the team likes him too. But, you know, when you look at and he, he tried to be versatile last year with first base, but it just did not work out. But I, I like you, I like Christian Arroyo. I really do. Is he the answer long-term for the Red Sox? Probably not. And if all else fails, I'm a big Jonathan Arroyo's person. I love Jonathan Arroyo's. He did really well for the Red Sox last year at times. Is he a full-time Major League Baseball player? I don't think so, but I will always love him. He's had some big moments for the Red Sox. Unfortunately, then he got COVID during that outbreak, but he's an option as, as well. And he's he knows the system. He's been up and down between Worcester and Boston. So I think that Christian Arroyo is just kind of a, I don't want to call him a placeholder because that sounds really mean, but just he's just kind of, I guess that's exactly what he is. He's just a placeholder until the Red Sox can solidify a long-term second baseman because really ever since Dustin Pedroia got hurt, they haven't been able to kind of make that permanent transition from Pedroia to the future second baseman. And it kind of reminds me, Nomar Garcia-Para, and then all of a sudden they couldn't have a shortstop. They couldn't find that perfect fit at shortstop Mm -hmm. until Xander Bogarts, and it's like a breath of fresh air. So now it's kind of the same thing at second base, but is Christian Arroyo the long-term answer? No way. Yeah, I'll never forget, like you said, with the Arauz, I'll never forget the Arauz game when he had that three-run home run. And, I mean, I thought I was thinking about it as well with shortstop as well as third base. Before Xander and Devers came, that was a revolving door. I'll never forget, especially with sport, shortstop, you know, Stephen Drew, Marco Scudero, God. third base, as, as well as, uh, you know, Will Middlebrooks. And uh, it, it's really going to be interesting to see how Bloom really maneuvers this position, uh, what he really does. You know, they do have a few options down in the farm system. We got Jeter Downs. He had a really tough AAA season as well as uh, in the Arizona Fall League. Just isn't able to find a way to get on base. He's great at hitting home runs, but his average has been low uh, during 
the both times that, um, you know, he played, like I said, in the Arizona Fall League as well as AAA last year. Um, but I did a poll on Twitter and we got eight replies from that. Three people said Kike Hernandez, uh, two said Xander Bogards, one said Trevor Story, and one said Jose Iglesias. And I, I think it's going to be interesting to really see also what uh, how the Red Sox want to do with shortstop as well. I think that's another great question. As you mentioned, uh, Xander Bogards time and time again has said that he's open to the idea of playing second base. Who knows um, really for who? I, I, th I think that will really be a debate once uh, you know they find a guy who could fill in at that shortstop position. But even though Xander, you know, he makes some great plays at defense, he also makes a lot of mistakes at defense as well. Yeah, and it's you know nobody's perfect, but when you when you have the opportunity to maybe bolster your shortstop position, even though you already have a Gold Glove All Star shortstop, if you can move that kind of All Star Gold Glove over one to bolster your infield even more, and then all you have to really worry about is third base because even though Xander Bogarts is not the most perfect shortstop, Rafael Devers, and I've said this time and time again, is becoming to is beginning to become a liability at third with his defense. Um, that That's a whole nother, we can do a whole another episode on that on another day. But if you have a solid shortstop, you put Xander at second base, all of a sudden, a lot of questions are answered that aren't going to be answered for at least until, I mean, I can't even say at least until whenever, because we have no idea when this lockout is going to end. So I'm very interested to see what High and Bloom does because he he's, come in here and Dave Dombrowski destroyed the farm system, which is exactly what he was supposed to do. It's what he's done his entire career. And then High and Bloom has been building it up. And we have some very, very interesting prospects down, down on the farm. They could be trade pieces. They could be five-time all-stars in 10 years. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting to see because there's going to be a log jam. There already is a log jam with the major league players. And you have all these players in the farm system not too far from wanting or going to make their MLB debut. So you have, like I said, Marcelo Meyer. What are you going to do with Jonathan Arauz? There's Tristan Castus waiting around. And it's going to get interesting very, very quick. I have. I wish I could be a fly on the wall during these conversations with High and Bloom because I would love to know just a, a minuscule, minuscule of what he's thinking. Yeah, I completely agree. And it, for, for people who think that Kike Hernandez, if they do put him at second base, there's a second base option for the future. Don't forget, this guy's a free agent uh, after this season. So it's a whole nother question on what 2023 is going to look like. And like you said, there's so much versatility, not only on this current MLB roster, but in this farm system, you know, you could potentially see Rafael Devers playing DH, Bobby Dalbeck playing third base, Tristan yep, Cassis yep. at first. You never really know. And as well as Xander Bogards could opt out after this next season. So I'm... 2023 is going to be really interesting to see how they build up that team, but we got to focus on 2022 first and make sure that, uh, or hope and pray and cross our fingers that High and Bloom will build up this team to a World Series caliber team. But I wanted to talk to you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC. 
right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all these amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So, this episode really has been filled with us talking about what is this second base position going to look like. But as you mentioned, one of the biggest issues for the Red Sox all throughout the season was their bullpen. And that's something that we're going to be talking about in next episode, really what options the Red Sox should look at for the 2022 season. So if you're on your phone right now, go on to Twitter, tweet us at uh at Locked On Red Sox, and let us know who you guys think should be in the bullpen. But I wanted to end this episode sort of on a positive note, um, mental health note. We're going to be doing this every single episode. We want to use this podcast to help influence, motivate, and uh, inspire you guys to be the best of your ability. And so if you're right now looking at this end of 2021 with some uncertainty, something that I said yesterday, a quote that I live by, everything happens for a reason things happen in our life for a reason. And, you know, if you're unsure or if there's a lot of unknown in your future, just believe that everything is happening for a reason, have your goals and follow those goals and don't allow anybody or any doubters to tell you that you can't do anything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even uh, I'm someone who has job security. I'm somebody who has a house and like, I feel like I know what my schedule is day to day. And there's days where I'm still like, feeling uncertain about how the day is going to go, how the week is going to go. And if something negative happens, big or small, like you said, everything happens for a reason. That reason may not be present at the very moment. You may not get that answer for a week, a month, maybe even a year. But I'm a big believer that everything that happens to you shapes your path. Every mm -hmm. no you hear, every rejection you get in life puts you is putting you on the right path, no matter if you can't see it at that very moment, you're still on the right path. And you're the only one who can dictate where you want to take your life and what path you want to go down. Nobody on the internet, no faceless troll, no, none of your friends, they can't tell you how to live your life or what you're doing is the wrong path because it's your life. You get to choose it. You're in control. You are in the driver's seat. So pedal to the metal and just keep going. I completely agree. And th this is something that I've talked a lot with my friends about recently is, you know, we have in our minds, I'm not exactly where I want to be. And it's a lot of times, you know, it, it all comes from the expectations that were put into our mind, not only by society, but our parents, that we're supposed to be in a certain spot at a certain age. And if we're not, then we're a failure or you're behind people. And especially now with social media, you can easily compare yourself to everybody's life. But I guarantee you that that person is struggling with the same exact struggles as you are. Maybe not exactly, but they're definitely not super or they're not they're definitely not as happy or, or their life isn't as luxurious as it may look like on social media. Yeah. Social media is fake. Like, that's, that's like the biggest thing that I learned growing up in the social media era. And when I was a teenager and I was 13 or 14, when all these teenagers now are getting on TikTok and Instagram, we didn't have any of that. We had live journal. We had MySpace. We had these things that you couldn't really compare lives to, to somebody else. Now it's constant influencers and this and that and it's mm -hmm. it's it's everyone's filtering their pictures those influencers don't compare yourself to any one of those because that's their life that's not the path you're supposed to be on and just be like just take us take a step back 
look at yourself in the mirror and just be like, I'm happy with how I live my life or what I'm doing. And you don't need to put everything on social media because I find that the people who are constantly posting about how good their lives are, it's not really all that good. It's all a highlight reel. And, and you know, that's something that I've really tried to focus a lot more with, with, at least with my social media is how do I want to represent myself? What's my personality? Let me put that on social media and also use, you know, some of my experiences, some of my struggles to help other people. And one piece of advice that I got, uh, especially after college, you know, when I was getting rejection after rejection um, from jobs is, you know, just enjoy the process. And in the moment, I was like, what are you talking about? Enjoy the process. I hate where I'm at right now. <laughs> and, you know, obviously, if you hate where you're at right now, you're going to look back at that time and fully realize, wow, you know, I, I had to go through that to be able to learn and grow and be the person I am today. And one thing that was huge for me, um, now that I'm thinking about it, I can't wait to watch it. I, I made a video talking to my future self. And um, it, it was when I was in my Dunkin' Donuts uniform. And, uh, you know, I, I sort of talked about where I was currently in my life, how I'm doing mentally and where I want to be and sort of talking to my future self. And I thought about in my mind, you know, it'll be really cool to look at this, you know, in three months, six months, you know, five years, 10 years. And, you know, if you do that, then you'll fully be able to, you know, realize how far you have come and also take that time to be proud of yourself. And be proud of yourself for everything you're going through. And you mentioned like hearing no after no with all these jobs you're applying to. It's one of the most daunting things is job hunting. But mm -hmm. every no you hear, finally, like when you finally get that yes and you get your break, it makes it so much sweeter. And it's just, it's such a really cool moment. I was in that same boat for a long time and just hearing no after no. And sorry, we'll keep your resume on file for 30 days or whatever it is. And when you finally hear that, yes, it's just like you could throw your phone just so high in the air because you're just so excited. You don't even know how to act. And it's like, finally, everything that I went through, everything, every difficult path, every road bump and every speed bump, through every hurdle finally is worth it. And you'll never forget that feeling of just like happiness and just be like, oh, OK, this is why it sucked for the last two years. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I really appreciate everybody who has you know, supported me ever since I come on this podcast a few days ago. It really does mean the world to me, especially um, after yesterday's uh, my first solo episode. It was, it was so much fun to be to be able to do that. And it's been so much fun to be able to interact and, you know, meet all the fans of Locked On Red Sox podcast. And I really appreciate you um, making Locked On Red Sox your first listen every single day. Lauren and I are going to be here Monday through Friday, coming up with topics, like I said at the start, coming up with topics, coming up with storylines, even though it's the lockout, Lauren and I still have a lot to talk about. So make sure you follow Lauren on Twitter. It's la, 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 la. Um, and then Lauren with four R's, I try to get that right for yes. you. And then, <laughs> and then uh, my Twitter's at Jake Iggy. And then also make sure you follow Locked On Red Sox on Twitter. It's LO underscore Red Sox. And also make sure you subscribe on YouTube as well as on whatever audio platform that you listen to. So you get notified for daily episodes. We will see you and talk to you guys tomorrow. And now that you have made Locked On Red Sox your first listen of today, head on over to Locked On Bets to make it your second listen. Locked On Bets is your one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. It's hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Locked On Bets is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.